Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Profit Minds podcast. My name is Dr. Stephen Kirch. I'm the creator of the Profit Minds Growth System, a unique blend of profit growth, productivity acceleration, and business process for scale. Every episode, I interview entrepreneurs and small business owners from around the world with a unique story to tell. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Today, my guest is Megan Pastrana. She's the CEO and managing attorney of Immigration for Couples. And today we'll be discussing their special sauce and their work in the world. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. I'm honored to be here with you today. Well, thanks. Thanks again so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I, I know. So Immigration for Couples, that's kind of unique in and of itself. But I'd love to hear, before we get into that, I'd, I'd love to hear the story of, of how you got here. Yeah, it is very, it is very uh, unique. I, it's, a, it's a very niche area of immigration law, and I, I love what I do, and so does everybody on the team. Our story of how we got here and the creation of Im immigration for couples, I, I like to explain it kind of, when I look back on my life, I just see all of these pieces or things that have happened in life, uh, lessons or people that I've met, experiences that I had is puzzle pieces. And you just keep putting the puzzle pieces together and you start to see more and more of that vision. And so there's a quite a few different puzzle pieces. Um, and one of them was I had, you know, I had studied abroad. I uh, speak English and Spanish. I love, I love traveling. I love other cultures. I love learning about and, and working with people all over the world. But I think I know the biggest puzzle piece, the most important piece of the puzzle for the creation of immigration for couples is my own personal immigration journey with my husband, uh, Carlos, who is uh, from uh, Mexico. We've been together for um, over a decade. Actually, yeah, we've been married for almost a decade. And we've been together for over a decade. And we had our own uh, personal story of, of immigration and navigating through that process along with the other puzzle pieces in, in my life, uh, I realized that going to law school and becoming an immigration attorney was my calling. And so that's kind of like a 30,000 foot view, mm -hmm. but really that was the catalyst, my own, my own personal experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's true in coaching and I'm, I'm sure it's true in many other professions that, that you are best able to serve that former version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And having so having gone through this. So so tell me what it's like for for uh, couples that want to want to immigrate into in, the U.S. I, I mean, I've I, I've seen the movies. Right. Um, but I'm guessing there's probably some difference between the way Hollywood tells it and, and what happens in real life. Yeah, Hollywood, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, I know people's idea of immigration is what they see. The mo One of the most famous examples, I, th I think most people have seen as the proposal movie with Sandra Bullock. Have you seen that? Right, right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's that, for a lot of people, that's a reference point. And in that movie, it, it, it shows like how oh they, they meet and then everything is just goes so quickly. It makes it seem like it's like going and getting a, a driving driver's license in a way. I know there's some places out there that will compare it to that, but really the reality for anybody who's going through the immigration process is a very complex bureaucratic system. 
you're having to prove to immigration that you have a real relationship. It's a very, it's a very uh, intimate process. I mean, for, for most of us having a relationship and getting to know someone, that's us. That's our own personal thing that stays private. Um, you know, sure, friends and family uh, partake and can see our relationship grow. But we're talking about immigration wanting to see like your text messages and your joint bank account statements. And it's it's it can feel invasive. Um, mm. You are on the hot seat. You know, you love this person. And now you have to go through this hurdle of proving it to immigration. Um, there's an interview. In most cases, there's an interview involved and it's a very long process. So they show Sandra Bullock and she's going through the process like quickly. She goes in that same day and she's like, I want a fiance visa. And then they stamp her paper and and it, it's not like that. It, if, and especially after COVID, I think the thing that's most shocking for people is that there can be wait times in excess of a year and a half to two years for couples to be able to complete the process. And we're talking about people who are oftentimes living in two separate countries. Um, it's just, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of, uh, of things that people don't realize. Yeah. That's that. It's interesting. Trying to how I'm trying to think, how would I prove that I love my wife? I mean, other than the fact that we've been married for 42 years, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, how, how would you, how do you prove it? I mean, how do you, I mean, obviously they have to infer things from, from statements that you make statements that, that your partner makes. Um, yeah, it's a great question. I, I, and we actually, uh, our, our firm actually created this uh, free resource guide too on how to prove your relationship because it's, it's a fun, it's a, it's a fantastic question. And it does seem like, uh, I love this person. We got married. Like, why, you know, seriously, what more, what more do you need? <laughs> yeah, right. And what more is there? <laughs> that's the part where it becomes invasive. I mean, we're talking. And so we kind of break relationship to evidence down and immigration into a few different categories. So people oftentimes think about the sentimental evidence, right? The photos we have together, um, letters we might write to each other, friends and family who can attest to us having a, a real relationship. And so that evidence is actually considered by immigration to be lower level evidence that gets given lower weight. Immigration is also looking for um, financial ties. They call it commingling of finances. They have a very old fashioned way of, of looking at, at couples relationships, very cookie cutter. Like yeah. you have to kind of fit into this in, into a certain into a certain box of having, you know, joint bank account statements and joint bills. And, uh, you know, if you had a joint mortgage, if you have uh, children together. So there's different, you know, different categories of evidence. What we when, what, what we do when we work with couples is, yes, immigration has this cookie cutter mold of what they're looking for. But we have a lot of couples who ultimately decide for various reasons that they want to handle their finances differently. Maybe they'll have a joint account, but then they want to also maintain some kind of independence um, and have uh, separate accounts as well. So we really start by getting to know that couple um, and, and we create a, a very customized list of evidence for every couple that, that we work with so we can prove their relationship to immigration. So it's a, it's a, it's a very intricate, uh, meticulous process to have to prove to immigration that you were really in love and not just trying to get an immigration benefit. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and in fact, my wife and I had separate bank accounts for, for, for many years. Um, we eventually merged them, but, but 
you know, that was, it was, you know, we were working for different employers and we had all this stuff already set up and, you know, why did we need to merge that? Right. It wasn't, you know, she paid some bills out of her account and I paid some out of mine and we'd swap money back and forth as we needed to. But, but yeah, uh, having a joint bank account didn't prove that we cared for each other. No. And it's, That's... it's really, it's really interesting. And I'm so, you know, and I always talk about the joint bank account because I, I know that there's couples who will try to do their own case innocently thinking, well, I read online, I should, we should have a joint bank account. So they open a joint bank account and they kind of go through the motions. But if you're not really, if your intention and you're not really using that account, then you start to raise red flags. And we've actually seen people who've tried on their own and they really have a real relationship, but then they get themselves caught up in, in, in immigration investigating them thinking they're trying to manufacture evidence. So it's a delicate, it's a delicate sure. balance. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, fascinating that, that, yeah, to think about, well, gee, how would I prove it? So um, obviously you, you have a very specific niche. Um, so normally I ask people, well, what makes you unique? Um, I think maybe your niche makes you unique, but are there other things that, that make your firm unique within the, within maybe the niche of immigration or? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's actually part of, um, you know, part of part of my story that this this the firm has been in existence for over a decade. Um, but I actually when I became the the sole owner and the CEO of the firm in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, I knew my calling was to work with just couples. And I frankly, I made a decision that line in the sand of, you know, I want I want to help just couples. And the firm previously was more of a a, a, a a boutique firm or it ran the gamut of immigration. Typically when you think of immigration attorneys, you know, you're thinking like asylum and uh, cancellation of removal, like humanitarian based and, and family all together. Mm -hmm. um, but that was just really my passion to work with just couples. And so that's when we rebranded and named, named the firm, you know, immigration for couples. Um, and frankly, what makes our, our firm unique, we're the only firm in the country that's dedicated to this exclusive uh, niche area. But beyond that, our, our special sauce, as we as you and I have talked about previously, is really that we serve as, as guides for our couples. Yes, we're, we are legal advocates, but we, we provide a holistic service. And by that, I mean, we value the the couple, the, we value people over transactions. And so we don't look at our job as being form fillers. We're not just here to fill out forms and slap an application together. We really see ourselves as guides to help the couples understand where we're at and where we're going and walking, walking them through exactly what you and I were just talking about, about joint bank statements and things like that. Having conversations, sometimes we have conversations with couples about finances and they haven't really had them, them themselves. And so then we give them the spaciousness to go and, and to work out what do they want for their financial situation. So then we can make sure we are fitting an, into what immigration is looking for and helping them to be them helping to uplift their union, helping to take that, that pressure. Our special sauce is really helping to take that pressure off of their relationship. Um, so we will be in the driver's seat of taking care of their applications so they can focus on nourishing their union. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what, that's what matters. And that's why they're doing the process. So. 
right? You want to you want to get through the process without destroying the relationship that made the process necessary or possible, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's sad. It happens. It happens. A, it happens a lot where I call it the third wheel effect, and for for couples who are going through the immigration process, that they start to become, especially for couples who uh, maybe do the case on their own they start to really become hyper-focused on this immigration case, this third wheel, they're ruminating about it, they're checking it, and they forget about getting to know that person in front of, in front of them. Or, or continuing to build the relationship, right? I mean, it's, exactly. it's as, as you know, having been in a relationship for, for a decade now, right? That, that, you know, you, it's not a once and done thing, right? It's, it, it's, uh, it's gotta be ongoing. And, yeah. and if, you know, if you have something that gets in the way of that, you have to be ultra, ultra focused on making sure that that other doesn't go away in the process, right? That, that, that that's, that's, I think that's really insightful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's in, in just having, we've helped thousands of couples and it's always heartbreaking to see to see people who just, you know, don't make it through the long wait or, you know, even after the process is over, if they end up having to get a divorce, it's hard. And and they, a lot of times will say, yeah. And the couples who make it through, it's on both sides. They will both say, you know, this is a very challenging process and it will really make or break your relationship. It will either be the thing that will make you come out the other side, even more resilient individually and as a couple or, or not. Um, it's, yeah. it's sort of like hanging wallpaper. Yeah, that's a good. I've, I have I have heard a number of couples that say this is a real test of a marriage. Just hanging <laughs> wallpaper together. <laughs> yeah, doing any housework together. Yeah, all, uh, all of that. You know, redecorating whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be. But. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty good. Uh, yeah, a good parallel. And I uh, and I I know that there's certain things like certain house things that if my husband's working on it, I prefer to. He always lets me know when he's doing that. So if he needs to be upset about anything, I don't have to be be present to partake in those festivities. <laughs> <Something. laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, what what's the process for for you said it it can take a you know eighteen months to two years to wait, uh, you know, in 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 queue kind of thing. But but what what are the what are the major milestones or steps in this process? I, I mean, I have obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious, but I don't know. I was born here. My wife was born here. So, you know, in, in, in the States. So we didn't we didn't have to go through any of this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a labyrinth and there are a couple different paths that a couple can take. Uh, it depends whether or not they're married already or if they're engaged. Um, it also depends on where the immigrant happens to be living. Um, so of course, there are situations where, you know, a couple will meet when they're in university or mm -hmm. uh, here in the States and, you know, one person might be on a, a, a student visa and then there would be a, a process that's called adjustment of status and they complete that process here in the States. Or there's couples that, you know, that they'll meet while the other person is uh, studying abroad, or we have a lot of individuals who are in the military or, um, you know, expats who are working at companies abroad, and they either meet someone, you know, life, life continues on while you're having your career, sure. and you meet someone and fall in love. And then there would be a fiance visa or a spouse visa process that's completed outside of the US at a US embassy or consulate. But in general, to answer your to answer your question, giving you kind of like a 10,000 or 20,000 foot view, um, 
in general, that the process involves a, what's called a petition. So that's the part where you have to show you're legally married and that you have a real relationship based on love and not just to receive an immigration benefit. It also includes a, a basically an application for the person to receive their um, green card. So you, everybody hears green card, but it's lawful permanent residency status. And then there's a whole other part of that application that involves something called an affidavit of support. And the person who is bringing their fiance or spouse has to provide taxes for the past three years, a lot of personal financial information to show um, that this person, that they will be supported financially, that they won't become a burden. So like, like I said, that's like a 20,000, mm, okay. 20,000, 30,000 foot view of the process. Um, but each 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 step in the process has different wait times. And so it's really just going through a, a flurry of different paperwork and then a long wait and a flurry of paperwork and a long wait. So. Oh, sounds delightful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so you mentioned it specifically for couples. Do you not handle children? What, what happens if the if the couple has been married for long enough that they have kids? Um, yeah. will, will you, will you take a couple like that as well? Or that's a really that... great, yeah, that's a really great question. And so when we, when we talk about couple based immigration, it's really that, that family unit. And a lot of times there will, with, especially with the process being so long, we have a lot of couples that will have children that are born and oh, that, that could process. happen. Yes. In, in 18 months or two years, it could happen. Yep. Couldn't it? <laughs> that is the, uh, that would be the timeline. Um, and so we do, we help with that there, depending on if a couple is married or, or where, where the child happens to, you know, be born and things like that. There's something called a consular report of birth abroad, or, um, you know, sometimes if the children are older and they're stepchildren, then we can do the process for the entire family to bring the family at once. So, so yes. And we actually, a lot of times couples will want to also bring, uh, you know, parents. That's a longer process. And typically that's something that we would assist with in the future if they're wanting to bring parents. But, but in general, we're working with the couple and, and, their, and their children. Yeah. And, and, and since we're talking about immigration into the United States, there's no, there are no state differences, are there? Yeah. So it's all federal immigration, okay. all federal law. Um, and there, there can be, there wouldn't be differences in terms of the states, but I think it's important to note that uh, we're talking about U.S. embassies and consulates will be part of, part of some of the different, sure. depending on the type of process. And so that would be a U.S. embassy or consulate, you know, in, in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico or Madrid, Spain, um, you know, Rome, Italy. So we or even like in, in Dubai and things like that. Each one of those U.S. embassies and consulates has their own kind of policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. It's still immigration law. But we do we we do have nuances that come up overlap um, with other other laws of other countries in terms of document issuance. And sometimes that same thing can happen with states in terms of how marriage licenses and, and, and things like that, eligibility for marriage in those states, for example. Ah, okay. So there's a little nuance. That there's some, there's a lot of overlap just to be clear, but okay. it's federal law. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was sure it was federal law, but, but I just wanted to make sure, cause I know, I mean, and, and, and some States are, are, you know, dealing with the immigration problem, in a different way. In, in a different way than other states, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the question yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's a, a lot of people will ask that, and there are nuances and overlap, um, but yeah. 
So, so do you see any any big changes on the on the horizon for for immigration law or how how all of this will play out for for couples? Do you are you anticipating any of that or do you not worry about it until it's actually law? So the thing with immigration is the Immigration and Nationality Act is a very long, a very long uh, book, a list of all of the eligibility requirements and problems a person can have and whether or not they can overcome that Immigration and Nationality Act, just like a lot of laws in the U.S., aren't terribly easily changed because people have not to get into, not to get into politics, but to nope. get into politics have to agree. Yes. And so it's a very, you mean you know, you are, our system was set up in a way for change to be something that happens slowly. Mm-hmm. But with these wait times, so for couples who are going through this process, I want to take you back a little bit to give you some context of something that I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I, I tend to be an optimistic, positive person um, that I'm hopeful will change. But pre-2020, pre-COVID, USCIS uh, immigration, United States Citizenship and Immigration Services was already having issues with, with government funding. They didn't, they were having issues with not having enough money, not being able to have enough staff. They were already having issues with wait times. Uh, then COVID happens. Um, a lot of embassies and consulates got closed um, while we were waiting, waiting like the rest of the, like all of the world we were waiting. So it created further backlogs. Um, there were also things with the prior uh, administration where they decided to close even more immigration offices abroad. And some of those decisions um, from the prior administration had a, 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 a ripple effect on wait times. Sure. So a process that before 2020, a fiance visa uh, case, it would take about five to six months for the couple to be together in the States. A spouse visa, still under a year. Now we're talking about a process that's it's almost doubled, if not tripled in its wait time in most cases. So you're talking about a couple having to live apart. So these wait times are just outrageous. And frankly, it's not, it's, it's not what, it's not what this immigration system wasn't set up to make it impossible for a U.S. citizen to be with their spouse and children or their fiance. And so I'm hopeful immigration says that they are making changes in terms of hiring more uh, consular officers, hiring more immigration officers um, and that they're 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 trying to find ways to shorten these wait times. Um, but that's really what I'm hopeful that that they continue to make progress in that direction. Our firm is always advocating. We're always contacting congressional representatives. We go to Washington D.C. Um, we've we've gone to Washington D.C. and past years with American Immigration Lawyers Association, helping um, our our representatives, Congress and Senate, to understand the impact that these wait times and the system is having on families. Um, so I'm hopeful that that's something that will change and needs to change. And we're always encouraging couples who are going through the process. Our clients are not reach out to your congressional representatives because people just don't understand that this is happening. Um, and it's, you know, and I hear, I hear our, our clients who are United States citizens saying, I feel like the government doesn't want me to be with my family. <laughs> like, um, and so letting letting your representatives know I, I, these are changes that just have to happen. So, yeah. So yeah, that 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 that's that's great. I think you know, folks listening, um, you know, if, if you have a passion for this topic, 
make sure that that uh, you let your uh, representatives, senators know about uh, what's going on and, and these really un, unfair wait times. Again, that's not the purpose of these laws. The laws, yeah, the laws are there to make sure that people don't get away with stuff, but but not to prevent you know, 18 months, two years living apart. My wife and I did, when I was finishing my PhD, um, my wife had to leave and go take the job that she had accepted, you know, several months earlier. Um, and we were separated for five months. And, and you know, this is in the mid eighties. Um, so we didn't have cell phones, right? We, 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 you know, our phone bills were, you know, 200 bucks a month, um, you know, and, and, $1985, right? That was a lot of money, especially yeah. since I was a student and not really making any money. Um, but, but 18 months, two years living apart. Wow. Yeah. It's rough. And I do want to, a part of our approach, part of our firm culture and part of what we do with our clients is we always want to help clients feel empowered. And so I say all of this so people understand the reality of the situation, but I never, I never want it to be something that comes across where we get, we slip into a, a, a victim mode because I, and so I, I think, I think you understand that, but I always like to, to share that. Yes, it's a long wait and yes, it's frustrating. Um, but instead of, you know, sitting in, this is the, the mindset of this is unfair and this sucks and this is horrible. Do take the action you can, you know, let your senators and congressional representatives know, but also simultaneously look at this as an opportunity for you and your partner, be it fiance or spouse can really grow in your union. And a lot of our couples, like you said, with phones, but a lot of people will, you know, FaceTime or, or Zoom or when you are together, something I like to do if, you know, when my, when I was going through university or if my husband and I are apart, we like to write notes for each other and put it, you know, in suitcases or different places. So the other person will find it, find creative ways, you know, to connect with your, with your partner. Um, and even like on, on, on Valentine's day, I know we had talked about for those who have to be apart, have a zoom dinner and come up with some questions of things you, you would like to know even more about your, this other person in your life and connect emotionally. So don't let it allow you to slip into a victim mode. That's my, my long oh. rant about that. <laughs> just... Megan, Megan, that's, that's so wonderful. You know, every opportunity, I believe, I firmly believe this, every opportunity can be turned into a gift. It can. There's a gift there in every situation, in every, in, in every, even in trials like this, mm -hmm. um, that you can, and, and I, and I love the fact that, that you are encouraging that, um, sometimes it's hard to find the gift, mm -hmm. uh, but, but uh, it's there if we look. And I think that's, so I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's a, and the pressure, you've heard that saying pressure can per burst pipes or make diamonds. I always, I always give them that too. That's a really uh, good quote to think about. Like, do you, what experience do you want? So. Yeah. So do, do you have anything special going on right now? Uh, special offers for couples um, that are yeah. starting out on their journey? I am big on we rather, not just myself, but our entire team at Immigration for Couples. We know knowledge is power. And so we actually have a free, a very robust free resource center where there's this K-1 fiance visa and CR-1 spouse visa. And it starts to feel a little bit like you're lost in an alphabet soup. Oh, so this resource center is a really great way for couples who just feel overwhelmed to kind of get their bearings straight and to understand 
where, where do you start and what are potential options that are available? And then that resource center also includes, um, I, we have a podcast navigating love and immigration, and that's that holistic support that we're talking about. I have a lot of guests, therapists, relationship experts. I share my own story in more detail and help couples really embrace um, that, you know, the silver lining and the gift that can be part of their immigration journey. So that's all in our, you know, our immigration uh, for couples.com and our resource center. So great. Well, we'll make sure that that's in the, that's in the show notes for everybody. And, and if somebody wanted to reach out to you, uh, needed some help, um, figuring out how to navigate all of this, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. So on our, uh, website, immigrationforcouples.com, we have a self-scheduling link there. Um, and then also, you know, the firm that's usually, that's usually how people will go about it is because there's an intake questionnaire and all of that. And so that's really the easiest way. Um, you know, they can also contact our office. The phone number is 317-247-5040, um, or the office email as well, which is office at immigrationforcouples.com. So that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I like to do with, with some of my guests is, is offer an opportunity for a shout out for somebody that you think would be a great guest here on the show. Yeah. Um, I have a very uh, dear friend and mentor. Her name's Marla Mattinson, and she is the owner of a company called the intimacy experts, but she's also created this process, an ethical sales process. And she's really revolutionizing the way that sales are happening um, in, in our society. I know when people hear the word sales, you automatically uh. kind of think like, Ugh, you know, car salesmen and feeling pushy. Um, but really sales is something that we do for people, mm-hmm. helping them to figure out if our services are in alignment for them. And she has this very amazing, uplifting process to help uh, business owners specifically reframe how they and their company are handling sales. So Marla is uh, an amazing, amazing human being. So I think she'd be great to have on the show. Thanks. I'll I'll, I'll make sure I reach out to her. Yeah. And and that concludes our show. Thanks to our guest, Megan Pastrana of Immigration for Couples. I hope you've learned something about the journey of couples through the immigration process. I know I have. And this is Dr. Stephen Kirch of Profit Minds. Make sure you catch us again next time on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, more. Uh, Of course, I'd appreciate a good review on any of those platforms. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much for having me.